Well, hey, everybody. I'm Kurt. I'm Liza. We're both parents, and this is the Parent Skills Podcast. Oh, well, this week, hopefully we can tighten things up. We got a little squirrely last time. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened last week with <laughs> Kelly. And it was, it, we can't blame Kelly. Kelly no, is so was... kind and gentle and organized. And for some reason, we were not tight. The audio, the calling her 11, yeah, it was just it was all good. over the place. So, I got to say, though, it was the funniest Parents Girls podcast we've had. I haven't laughed so much listening to one. Just saying. Funny or awkward? Because it was a little bit <laughs> awkward, too. You know, I mean, tomato, tomato. We thought it was funny because we know each other, but people listening we were kind of... We kept it rolling, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, well, we are going to tighten it up this week, yes. Liza. Yes. So, Liza, let's jump right into it. Today, in this episode of Parent Skills Podcast, what are we going to be talking about? Today, we want to talk about lessons learned from our own parents. We once were children. I'm pretty sure Kurt and I once were kiddos. Much of... longer ago yes. for me than for you. <laughs> But either way, I'm sure that we have lots of golden lessons learned from our parents, whether it's do's and don'ts, whether it's things that we repeat or, you know, just anything that I thought we could Yeah, talk so, about. some lessons we learned from our parents, because here's what we know as parents, all of us, that our childhood radically affects us as adults and the way we were raised impacts how we raise our own kids. Some of it's wonderful and some of it is stuff that we probably intentionally try not to include in our parenting. Some of it we're probably just unconsciously doing. Totally. I'm not really even aware that we're, hopefully we're not doing it unconsciously. Yeah. Um, is that the right well, word? Unconsciously? Subconsciously? Subconsciously. Subconsciously. Yes. Not unconsciously. unconsciously. If you're parenting unconsciously, so you're the opposite of last yeah. week's podcast, yes. being intentional, yeah, you're now right. you're just unconscious. <laughs> so we're going to talk about lessons we learned from our parents in our childhood and how they affect our parenting. And we'll be right back. All right. Well, welcome back. So starting off, I will get us started off. I think one of the biggest things that um, we try to repeat from my parents, I know we always tease, right? When you're a teenager, you're like, I'm not going to be like my mom and dad. And then you turn around and you're like one of your parents, at least yeah. if not both of them. But hopefully this is one of the good ones that we took from my parents is just the power of presence and showing up. So that was a big thing that um, while my parents, especially my dad, was very soft-spoken, not that parent. Like I, we grew up playing a lot of sports. So all of our vacations were centered around softball, soccer, my brother's baseball, my brother's basketball. But he was always there. So that was always something that I remember that playing softball, like he'd be after work and he'd be in his tie and his mm. work suit or whatever, but he'd show up. Now, was he that parent who they'd always kind of sit off to the sideline, not involved with all right. the crazy He wasn't parents. the coach. Nope, not yeah. the coach. Definitely not the yelling parent for better or worse. <laughs> but I could always guarantee that I could look to the sidelines and he'd be there. So I think we really try to do that with the kids um, as much as possible. We know that that's not always feasible with four kids. They outnumber us and two of us only, but at least trying to show up so it doesn't just feel like, oh, sorry, we're kicking you out of the car and we'll see you at the end of practice. Right. Or, oh, yeah. sorry, we can't come to your game. Yep. And, and, and Liza, when you look back at that, just your parents' presence, yeah. how, how, did that, how did that shape you as a child, right? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason for, or there's a, there's a benefit, long-term benefit to parents who are more present, obviously, yes. in their kid's life. But 
you know, parents can be present all the time. Yes. Um, you know, as, as a mom or dad doing the parenting thing, but to make the extra effort to be at most of your sporting events, most yes. of your ec- extracurricular, your dad is a busy dad. Mm-hmm. If he's in a tie, he wasn't a mechanic. He wasn't yes. right. And, um, <laughs> Come on, not that more. a mechanic has any more free time, but, yes. um, you know, he was a, a, a professional guy mm-hmm. who was figuring out how to make time to show yeah. up to your games. Yeah. Well, and I think especially today, it's even more important for them to see you watching the game because back then I make it sound like I'm a dinosaur, but like my parents didn't have cell phones in their hands or iPads or they weren't distracted. It's either they were talking to my friend's parents or they were watching the game. There was really only two options. Right. Whereas now, you know, unfortunately, I see so many parents that are on their phones and like they're quote unquote in spotty, but not spirit of mind. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about distracted driving and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you can definitely suffer from distracted parenting just by virtue of our 24-7 connectivity. We can be at the soccer game or at the school play or at the piano recital and really not be there because we're distracted on our our cell phones and driven by our technology. And sometimes our works almost expect us to be, right? And so, you know, you're you're, you're at the game, but the boss is texting you, whereas your dad, the boss, wasn't texting him. Once he left the office, he was all in as a parent. Sure to call on the house phone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Liza, when you talk about parenting and and, um, parents being at your stuff, my mom and dad were at almost all of my sporting events, too. And I was a terrible athlete when I was young. I got better with age, um, yep. but I remember when I, I don't know if I was in fifth or sixth grade, somewhere in there, I, I moved up a division in baseball mm-hmm. and I just wasn't ready for it. And I was really bad, probably oh. the worst person on the team. And my mom would show up in the bleachers every single game with my, my, the, my, the, the, but, the, the button, button of my, and the, they had a ribbon that said, that's my boy. Oh. And it was a picture of me and she would cheer. And I was, I just remember thinking. I can't believe my mom wants anybody to know that I'm her boy. (laughs) Right. I mean, but, but it just instilled such this like, wow, my mom is proud of me no matter what. I don't have to be the MVP. She she just likes being my mom. I don't have to be the MVP. That's sweet. I don't have to even, I mean, I was nowhere close to the MVP. (laughs) I I was just you putting that cute little uniform on. The LVP. The least valuable player on the entire team. MPP, most precious player. Yes. Yeah. Without going into too much detail, that was a season that I did not get a base hit the entire season. I either struck out or walked every time until my last at bat. And my coach gave me the bunt sign. And I laid down this beautiful bunt. And got oh. the first base, and my mom went out of her mind. It was like the mind. World Series. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. So anyway, okay. So there's, so that's a great one. Just doing what we can. It's tough to be present, and totally. it's, and it's not to. We should never be heaping guilt on ourselves as parents. No. Um, yeah, I wasn't at all of my kids' games. To everything, but at least when you are there, being present. <laughs> I think that's the key. I think yeah. maybe the takeaway in that, Liza, is not so much your physical yeah. presence. It's the when you can be physically present, be present. Totally. Like give give the moment the attention it deserves. Mm-hmm. Whether that's watching a softball game or or riding in the car with your with your child someplace yes. or helping or, them with their homework and actually helping them. Yeah, and yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Give me are, give me another one. Um. Well, I think maybe going in a totally different direction. So I um I guess you can't tell on a podcast, but I'm Japanese and growing up with a very kind of traditional Asian culture, like we didn't talk about emotions. And so on the flip side, that is 
of course, God just has a sense of humor and has given us three very emotional little girls. And so it's just really important that we talk about our emotions because I think growing up, it definitely was kind of out of sight, out of mind. You don't talk about it. We fall under a lot of those traditional stereotypes of not going to counseling, not wanting to talk about feelings. Um, And for better or worse, we are like a feelings factory at our house. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, of course, we have to gauge where it's not overly driven by emotions. But again, just with the girls, we never want to dismiss. And even our son, of course, too. But we find especially with the girls, we don't want to dismiss like, oh, you shouldn't be sad about that or stop crying or. Well, and he's right now at the age, 10 years old. This is where like emotions kick in really high for boys. Yeah. Like yep, boys get time. very emotional right now. And even though it's usually labeled to be a girl thing, it boys can get there too. If you're newer to the podcast, you're wondering who's that third voice. That is Liza's husband, Jeremy, yes. who yes. is a producer video savant. And so we call him producer, Jeremy, husband, Jeremy, yes. friend, yes. Jeremy. Sometimes we just call him Jeremy. Yes. And if you haven't listened to the other podcasts, I never miss a cue. Never, never, miss, a cue. never, never miss, miss a cue. Never miss a cue. No. Well, Liza un- or Jeremy, unpack it for me just for a second. And maybe, yeah. maybe Jeremy his contrib- was the contributing factor, but growing up in a very, what you described as more of a traditional Japanese, we don't share our emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and now how, how did you decide, how did you develop the skills to be more communicative in your own household as an adult? Totally. Cause that, that wasn't modeled to you, Yes. but you, to your, to your point. Your family is very, very much the opposite. So, well, I grew up an emotional teenage girl, so that's one thing. Um, but I think that was also where God called me. In a lot of like in my undergrad, there was some stuff that happened as a resident advisor, and then going to grad school intentionally for marriage and family therapy. So I see it a lot in my practice as a counselor. But I think for me, that's part of where it came in is just mm. because I, I strove to intentionally realize like, okay, that wasn't a place that I could share. You know, and not in a bad way. I was able, it's not like anything majorly terrible happened from it. I think if anything, I turned it more into like, oh, because I wasn't provided this, I want to learn this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So Liza, um, to kind of summarize your two lessons that you learned from your childhood, present parenting. Yes. It looked different for your dad because it's a different time and different generation for your parents Mm -hmm. than it does for us. But what does it mean to be present in our parenting? And you learned the importance of having open communication in the home. Yes. I think yeah. that's kind of the summary of those two things. Um, mine are a little bit connected to each other, but, but they, but they flesh out differently. Um, I think a, a really, my, my parents, I'm not sure if this is a totally accurate way to describe their parenting style, but it's, it's the language I'll use laissez-faire. Okay. You know, they, they weren't apathetic. They, mm-hmm. they cared, but they took sort of a laissez-faire. Mm-hmm. He will figure it out. He and the two of us, my older brother and my, myself, they'll figure it out on their own. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't totally hands off, but it was a little bit of a, hey, we're just going to let it see how it plays out. And and they'll kind of figure things out on their own. And and so, you know, some of the lessons, a, a couple lessons that I, I learned from that. Um, one, I, I think it's kind of this attitude my parents have of we're going to let them make their own mistakes. Mm. I mean, that was a big deal for my parents. Like they, I mean, we had, we had rules. But for the most part, it was this, you know, the school of hard knocks. There's natural consequences out there. There's yeah. the, the, there's like nature has natural consequences. There's, there's natural consequences as a follower of Jesus with sin and all that. You know, there's just these natural consequences. And we'll just let Kurt and my brother, Matt, 
experience those and they'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Now, so the, the lesson for me is this idea of, I do think there's some wisdom is as our kids get older and older and older, you let them make their yeah. own mistakes. And I think the question becomes let, or, or the kind of the, the parenting tip that I've learned is let them make mistakes, but not all of the mistakes. Yes. Right. That's so great. it's the idea of you should allow your 10 year old to make some mistakes that you wouldn't allow your six-year-old to make. And you should allow your 17-year-old your to make some mistakes that you wouldn't allow your 10-year-old to make. Mm -hmm. my, my, my thinking on it is that where to pay attention is, because if you're helicoptering them all the time and protecting them from mistakes and pain and consequence, you're really not developing them into a healthy adulthood, Yeah, right? It's like a gradual process it's a, is what I'm hearing. Yes, it's mm -hmm. a gradual process. And my thought is, or my tip for parents would be, let them make their own mistakes, more and more of them as they age. But the bigger the consequence for getting it wrong, then the more tightly you protect them from that mistake, if that right. makes sense. So yeah. the mistake of skipping dinner because you drank a Slurpee and you're not hungry and they wake up in the middle of the night hungry, hungry the consequence isn't that big. Let them, they can make that mistake when they're five. Let them, totally. let them make the mistake. Let them, let them learn. The mistake of going to a high school party and getting drunk and getting behind the wheel of a car is yeah. a, the consequences are so much higher that to the best of our ability, yeah. we want to protect our kids from ever making that kind of mistake. Totally. Now, now, sometimes it's out of your hands, right? Mm -hmm. So just parents, there's, I think so much of parenting is this weird sliding scale. It's this ebb and flow of figuring out, is this a mistake? I should let them learn the hard way. What will, it, what will they learn if they get it wrong? What are the consequences if they get it wrong? Yeah. And, and being willing, and that takes work as parents, right? Yeah, and my parents, I don't know if they weren't willing to do that work or if they just, just believed that it was, mo it was better to learn all the lessons. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's my parent style and then there's a helicopter style. Yes. And I think the health is somewhere in the middle yeah. that, that slides one direction or the other based yeah. on the age and the circumstance and totally. the consequences. So, so that's, that's one, one lesson I learned. And then another lesson I, I learned is basically letting your kids wrestle through and embrace their tough questions and their doubts mm. about life, about faith, about right and wrong. Um, my parents were really good. We didn't talk a ton. We were more communicative than yours. Mm -hmm. um, but my parent, it, the not talking, I don't think was really because my parents didn't want to have tough conversations. I just didn't bring them up all the yeah. time, but I knew I could. Mm -hmm. I knew I could. And I knew that if I expressed a question about why would God let this happen? Or I'm not sure I believe in God. If this, that it would not have freaked them out. Yeah. They would have, they would have talked to me about that. They would have, well, what do you think? Well, what makes you feel that way? Um, parents often hit the panic button. Mm -hmm. Anytime a, a, a child, especially when they're like 14, 15, 16, right? When they're kind of entering those a little bit of pushback years, um, parents hit the panic button so quick yeah. when a child expresses a question about the Bible totally. or about God or yeah. maybe about a family value or a family rule. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage parents, conversations about the tough issues are tough, but they're really, really good mm -hmm. and they're super important. 
it's it's actually really important for a teenager's faith development yeah, for them to, to wrestle. wrestle through some of that stuff. Well, I love what you said to have a conversation and not just go in and fix it because that's such our kind of like that helicopter parenting. It's also that fix it parenting. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, they have a problem. I need to intervene and fix it. And it's like, well, sometimes yes, obviously again, when they're little, but as they get older, it's, it's the same concept of gradually yep. you're, I'm going to watch from the sideline now and I'm going to yep. ask a good question, but then I'm going to let you wrestle it out. Yep. And, and the parents oftentimes who don't jump in to fix it, they'll, they'll just kind of squelch it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, oh, don't ask those questions. Just have faith. Mm-hmm. You know better. Oh, you, you know better than like that. This. Oh, well, it's because the Bible said, and we can't question the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible holds up to our questions, totally. right? I mean, the truth always holds up to scrutiny and investigation, and so it's okay to let our teenagers investigate. Now, what I would say to parents is, you you need to have a firm grasp on the truth mm-hmm. and why you view the world the way that you do, and the values and the morals that you're hoping your children embrace and believe and follow because you do, you know, you need to have your own true North as a, as an adult so that as they're wrestling, you can kind of gently always kind of keep them nudging, heading towards true North on, on their journey, even though their journey is kind of this squiggly, messy path. So as we wrap it up, Liza, four lessons learned Mm -hmm. from, from us or from our parents. Be present. Be present. Mm-hmm. Open up dialogue for emotions and conversations of, of communicating. Yep. And my second one ties into that: mm-hmm. that it's good to que- it's good to let your children question and doubt yes. and and have those tough conversations. Don't be freaked out by them, and allow them to make mistakes that are age appropriate and consequence safe or consequence appropriate. And you got to kind of navigate that, and that's a tough journey, but it's worth the effort. Okay. That's some good stuff. Jeremy, any closing, any closing thoughts? I think that's great. I, I, uh, I really do believe in what you said about you want your kids to fail as much as possible while they're underneath your roof. And like you said, you got to balance it out. But I always think there's a, I'm going to butcher it, but there's a quote by Walt Disney that said, um, he essentially said, um, make all your failures when you're young, Hmm. fail when you're young. Cause that's when you'll learn. Yeah. You and, and, you, and you got, and you got time to, yeah. you got time to bounce back. Yeah, right? you, you can bounce back a lot easier than when you are older. So, yeah. but hey, let those kids within reason, let them fail. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you guys have any questions and need help on saddlebackparents.com, we'd love to invite you to check out the tough stuff section, just cause there is a lot of tough stuff that you mm-hmm. might be going through. And so yeah. we'd love to help you in this season of parenting. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you next week for another episode of the parent skills podcast.